Welcome back to For Fin Tech's Sake. My name is Zach Anderson Pettit, US Content Director at Money 2020, co founder and hype man for the VSUM community, but most of all, your unqualified host. It's been a minute, folks. I miss you all dearly, and I appreciate those that have reached out for new episodes in concern or just trying to pitch me ideas for Money 2020. It's all appreciated. But we are back with a good one, don't you worry. This week, we have a long overdue episode with my friend, serial entrepreneur, film producer, and fascinating human all around, Wayne Chang. Wayne's done so much that I can't even begin to cover it here. But go to chang.com to get the full debrief. One of a kind human, as you'll see here soon. Digits, the company, is Wayne and team's answer to the business banking pain they felt in their previous lives, and you will understand after you hear how many businesses they have built. This season of For Fintech's Sake is supported by our friends at NeuroID. Little reminder on what NeuroID is, think about NeuroID basically as bringing body language into the digital world. Someone fidgeting in their chairs like someone taking too long to fill out their social security number. Or maybe they're switching tabs like crazy. The digital world has tells the same way real world does and NeuroID is that person at the casino watching the monitors making sure no nefarious business is going down. Now. On to the episode, without further ado, my guest, Wayne Chang. Can you imagine if someone ever started a in-person conversation the way these things start with the six, I know, right? five, four, <laughs> three, like it's just like the buildup is just so unnecessarily yeah. stressful. <laughs> Anyways, Wayne, how are you, my friend? Welcome to For Fintech's Sake. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're, you know, I have to say in, in talking to you previously, doing research on you, um, I think that you're my first guest that has simultaneously their own Wikipedia, their own Crunchbase profile, and their own profile on IMDb. Normally when I'm pointing people to where to find more information about guests, it's LinkedIn and Twitter. You, uh, you've, you've expanded outside of that a little bit. So I'm really excited to not only talk Wayne, talk Crashlytics, talk Digits, but also talk about filmmaking and everything else. So awesome. Let's get it. It'll be fun. It'll be a good one. Yeah. Let's yeah, do it. I love it. So let's start with the important part, the early life that kind of formed you as a human. So take me all the way back. Like where were you born? Um, and kind of, you know, how did you how did you form into a human with an entrepreneurial spirit? Yeah, yeah. It's um it's not a really sexy story. It's a it's a looking back with my adult uh, eyes, it's kind of a sad story. Um, but born in Taiwan. Um, and I grew up pretty much an orphan. And so I, I left Taiwan when I was six years old, uh, came here to the U.S. Uh, in Boston, um, and I was pretty much left alone. Uh, and so I, I was very lucky that my godmother, um, she was Caucasian, and she was a friend of, friend of my, my bio families back then. She, she gave me this Apple IIe. Um, and I thought it was just a video game console. I thought it was like, oh, a, a nice little Atari or Commodore type of thing. Um, but, oh, hang on. There's a lot of feedback on my side. Oh. Weird. Um, oh, okay. So I'll start over on that part. No, you're good. Um, is it is it good now? Yeah, yeah, it's good okay. now. Um, and then so so with the with the with the Apple IIe, I, I was playing with it, and it turns out that it was a it was much more than just like a, a computer game or, or a video game. I was able to go to the library, take out lots of books. And, and back then, these programs were, were printed in these books. And then so you could uh, transcribe it onto the computer. And so I did that. And, um, you know, I was, again, orphan and super, super, um, super poor. And so I couldn't afford these computer games. So I would uh, transcribe it. And as I was doing it, I started realizing that if I changed the little things here and there, um, it would actually influence how the game was played. And that was my mm -hmm. first time feeling that sense of like control or influence of something on the screen. And fast forward, who knew that that little toy would uh, take over the entire world and, and become like the core of uh, how the world operates. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously, you know, financial technology podcast, but sometimes we end up in 
halfway like therapy oriented conversations. And I have to ask, like, based on the way you grew up and based on kind of, you know, just like the lack of control that you would have had as a kid in life, like not only would that moment feeling control over something on the screen kind of, you know, be like an aha, like, I mean, I, I had some control over my early life and I remember the first time I had control over something on a screen, I, I similarly had an aha, but was it a little bit deeper for you emotionally just because it was maybe one of the first times in life you actually could control anything, you know? Yeah. And it was less the, it was, it was the control and it was also the creation. So once I, yeah. once I was able to start creating something of my own and then showing through someone, man, that's like a whole different thing, right? It's like, when you're when you're such a young person, I was six, seven, eight. Um, you can't really create a lot of things tangibly, but yeah. on the screen, you could create things and people could react to it. And that's when I started realizing, like building products, building experiences, building things that get that uh, that elicit that wow from 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 the person experiencing it. That's that's so impactful, and I carry that with me to this day. I I, I look for that wow. I look for that that delight uh, on the uh, on the other side. Yeah. So was that kind of the first, I mean, as far as I know, you're a self-taught technologist. So was that kind of the first step in the direction of self-taught technology? Did you go from, you know, that step to all of a sudden, you know, Java and Python and everything else just magically? <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it was a bit more of a slog than that to get from A to B. It, it, it was, it was. Uh, I'm self-taught. Um, I, I dropped out of a, dropped out of college. Um, I have a high school diploma and Somehow I have an honorary PhD, but I don't <laughs> this is my have. Favorite. This is my favorite part <laughs> of your story. It's, it's similar, similar to going from like whatever when you're six to all of a sudden being a full stack developer at like 18 or 20 or whatever. Have, I was, I wish that you didn't have a high school degree. Honestly, it would make, it would make the like having a PhD thing so much better, but this is a great, tell, tell this story. It's, it's fascinating. And so cool. And so validating. Oh, it's, uh, I got sucked, I got sucked into the whole like startup bug. And so half my friends from, from high school, uh, on online, not real life friends. Uh, but these were, uh, people I met online, Sean Fanning, Sean Parker at Napster, um, a bunch of other people. And half of them are either billionaires now or they're in jail. And so I was very, very lucky that I was, <laughs> I was able to avoid the jail route and, and, and I started into building startups. And in, in college, I dropped out of school uh, to pursue one of my one of my startups called i2Hub, um, and that morphed. That kept continuing. I started other companies, Crashlytics, Twitter uh, acquired it, then Google acquired that. And in, in that whole entire ten year journey, the school I dropped out of, they called me and they said, "Hey, um, we would love to uh, give you an honorary doctorate, an honorary PhD." Uh, for for your work, and also we'd love for you to be a commencement uh, speaker. And I've never been to a real graduation; never really didn't know that. So I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." How many people are, are on that panel? And and then uh, and they're like, "That's no, it's just just you." I'm like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> hang, hang up the phone, and I, and I start Google. I'm like, "What is a commencement speaker?" And it was like Obama comes up, Bill Gates shows up, all these other people. But that was a uh, that was fun. That was really fun. They they only told me that it was gonna be six thousand students. So I'm like, okay, six thousand. That's manageable. Stadiums there. It's six thousand students. Their parents, their grandparents, the whole thing. It was like thirty five, forty thousand people. Um, oh it was God. it was quite an experience. <laughs> so. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so that th those are like those are like bigger than Kevin Hart numbers. I out of this is not something I was planning to ask you, but what is it like to speak to a group that large? I think the largest group I've ever spoken to is like two thousand or something. Oh, it was it was wild. Um, it was wild. I felt like I was again never really been to a graduation, never really walked that whole thing, and so it was the closest I could be to a real life Hogwarts type of scenario. <laughs> Everyone's all dressed up. They have like all these really cool academia colors and uniforms. And I'm walking down the aisle. Everyone's been there. They've been slaving away for the last four years, six years in the diploma. And I feel kind of uh, out of place a little bit, but, but 
I do it. I walk up there and I, and I give the speech. They have, they're giving away the, um, another doctor to someone else. I'm standing there. I'm like trying to read the, 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 uh, the whole speech that, that we had written before. Um, it, it was, it was humbling. And it was also probably one of the greatest achievements that I ever felt in my life. It's, it's that, that peer recognition that, um, having not graduated, I didn't realize actually affected the way I felt about myself. So then on the mm. other side, getting this made me feel that, that tremendous boost of confidence, uh, afterwards. So it was quite a, quite a, quite a feeling. I can only imagine like the, the dopamine hit that you get talking to, you know, like 50 people or a hundred people, like the dopamine hit you must've gotten and Wayne Chang, like walking up to the, <laughs> like, I can only imagine that must've been just so much energy. And I would imagine a bit overwhelming. I probably would have cried. So oh, <laughs> cheers to you oh, for making that, through it. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I think, I think it was us news. They, they ranked top seven, uh, commencement speeches that year. Somehow miming the list, but, um, it's on YouTube. It's kind of weird. If you want to, if you, if you, if one of the listeners watches it, but it's on YouTube, it's at UMass 2016 commencement speech. Um, yeah, it was quite a fun time. I love it. I will. I, I actually feel like I should have watched. I, I'm full on Rogan, not prepped at all. Didn't, <laughs> didn't watch the speech as I should have beforehand. No, I'm kidding. No uh, but, but, but I do want to go watch that after I will. I'm probably going to do that tonight. Now I didn't know it was up on YouTube. I should have assumed yeah. it is the internet and it is kind of how you live your life. Um, so as you were kind of telling this story, you, you, you glaze over Crashlytics, you glaze over i2hub as if these aren't like some of the most meaningful start or become some of the most meaningful <laughs> startups in the world. So give me, give me a little bit of the i2hub story and then we'll talk about Crashlytics in a little bit. But I think probably no one listening has heard of i2hub, but everyone listening has heard of i2hub. So let's, let's have yeah. that conversation. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, started before i2hub. I was, I was fortunate to be part of this like small little group, uh, back in 98, 99. Um, uh, they, they created this, this cool software that, that linked people together. Um, and you know that today is Napster. And so Napster came about and it was like this fun little thing, the fun little toy thing that became a phenomenon in the nineties, late nineties. They called it the killer app. Um, Metallica like, was really against it. Even like this whole show of like a wheeled, you know, cases and cases of, of subpoenas or, 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 or DMCA takedown or all, all these different things to the Napster office. Uh, and that was quite, quite, um, an experience as well. Just seeing how the world was really focusing on internet being the next big phenomenon. And like that was a huge turning point in value. When I got to college, I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. But that was related to just music, just MP3s. And UMass happened to be at one of the um, uh, nexus points for a network called Internet 2. And so if you're at a university that Internet 2 and a different university that has Internet 2 and you talk to them uh, from one computer to the other, it doesn't go through the normal Internet line. It goes through their own uh, line, uh, the Internet 2 line. And so if you have software on one end and you have software at the other, um, and so uh, that's what we built called the i2hub, when a student shared all their files and another student saw all of it, uh, you could download it super fast. So it bypassed all the bandwidth uh, throttling stuff. It bypassed a whole bunch of um, uh, uh, packet shaping uh, technologies. And it was really, 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 really fast. And it got to a point where we had hundreds of universities all connected, all quote unquote collaborating. Uh, and people, uh, and, and it was like, became an issue that the RIAA and the MPAA brought it to the Congress floor and they were discussing what to do about it. Um, and that became uh, a, a big project between me and the, and the Winklevosses. And that became the subject of the movie uh, Social Network. I believe somebody might have heard of this whole thing at some point. I, I love that you just, it's so funny when you, I guess, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like if it's your life, you kind of just glaze over it as if it's a thing that happened in your life. And you're like, I'm building a new company now. Let's talk about the new company I'm building. But I mean, that's, that's unbelievable, man. Like from, from like truly being part of that whole situation. Um, and also like coming from Sean Parker to the Winklevoss twins. And then at some point you were involved with the Dropbox crew as well, right? 
Yep, 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 yep. I was a second founder at, at Dropbox. It was after i2Hub. Drew Houston um, came to my my apartment uh, in Boston on, on Boston Street, and he was there three to four hours um, trying to convince me to start the 119th or 120th file sharing uh, company because of my background in file sharing. Um, and so that was wild. We had to, we paired up and we had to convince Arash um, at MIT and yeah. it was his last semester or his last year at MIT. And I remember hearing that like Arash's um, family, their one wish was to have their son uh, graduate from MIT. And here we were trying to convince him to drop out of MIT to start <laughs> this little startup with the 120th file syncing company out there. Um, yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was another interesting ride. I'm Googling really quick. Yep. I thought so. Arash is from Kansas city. So shout outs to Arash. <laughs> Cause I need, I wasn't, I was 99% sure, but I had to think about it for a second. That's unbelievable, <laughs> man. That's just a, a wild ride. What, what did you, I mean, if there was like a lesson that you could give, if there, if there are any, I mean, a lot of this is kind of like be around smart people at very meaningful moments, I guess, kind of a bit of, you know, luck and then take advantage of it. But I don't know. Is there any advice in terms of like how to put yourself in those positions? Is it just like a willingness to chat, willingness to like open yourself to new ideas? Like those are three very sizable stories and companies and moments in like the history of the internet. And you just kind of happen to be in the right place at the right time for all of them. So I imagine there's some skill or some strategy associated there in some way. Yeah. It's a looking backwards. It looks like that. Um, Right. In the moment, it's always like, what is, what is the, what is the frontier of, um, of, of technology and what are people buzzing about? Um, and that just happens to be the catalyst for a huge change. And so uh, I guess because I was an orphan or I am an orphan in, in a way, I, I wasn't, um, I didn't, I didn't get the download from parental figures uh, that maybe had some like bad code or things like that. So I got to choose who I wanted to download from. So I wanted to download from on investing, you know, the Buffets and of the world and then on product making the Steve Jobs of the world. And start and start making maybe the Paul Grahams of the world and things like that. So I got to be able to pick these bits and pieces, and all together, it, I got this combined with my love for technology. It happened to put me in that in that place. Um, that's it. It's it's a passion being in the forefront of technology and, yeah. and and seeing where everyone else is buzzing about. This naturally that just brings you to a point where uh, you're riding waves as they occur. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that's a lesson I had a, you know, somewhat, I guess, absent absentee father at certain moments in my childhood. And I think there's a lesson for that in, in everyone, even if you have great parents, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lesson in like, pick the, even if you don't know them, pick the folks that you think you want to be most like and just obsess over them, right? Like understand the way that they think, the way they function. Like one of my best friends, Eric Jorgensen, uh, he re- recently wrote a book uh, called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. And mm. he, um, he, it's funny because Eric is an incredibly smart individual and can answer questions on his own as Eric, right? But he also has the second function, which is like, well, this is what Naval would say. Right. And it's like, and it pretty much, I mean, I would be pretty shocked if Naval disagreed with just about any of his Navalisms, you know, because he's, he's read every single tweet. He's, he wrote, he literally wrote the book. He's doing the same thing about Balaji right now. And I, I think it's, it's just an interesting, just do the work and learn. And, you know, you can get closer to being who you, who you think you could eventually be. I love that, man. Yep. That's really that's really cool. So take me forward to to Crashlytics. I mean, this is a this is a company, honestly, that probably a lot of folks listening, especially fintech nerds, maybe have not heard of. Uh, but you know, it's kind of it, if I remember correctly, the most used or the most interacted with piece of software in the world or amongst them. Yeah. So yeah. Tell, tell, so tell us so, that little story. <laughs> that little story. So this is Crashlytics. This was the this was. Uh, about 10 years ago, um, same co-founder I had with Digits, uh, that I have with Digits, Jeff. And Crashlytics 
every time your app crashes, uh, an app crashes like you're using the app and all of a sudden it disappears and you're back in your home screen on your phone. Right. That causes huge issues. You could be you could be transferring um, money, and if it crashes, like did the transfer go through? Did it not go through? You don't know. Try taking notes or playing a game or something and lose your place. So many different things that that could cause. Back then, again, this is 2011. The iPhone has already been out for four years, and so this problem still hasn't been solved. Um, and so you have this huge apps crashing situation. So we're like, can we figure out? Why the app crash? Can we do that? Um, and 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 then we were able to actually not only find out um, why it crashed, but find the exact line of code that caused that crash. And so that's like going to the doctors and being like, "Here's your problem," and then and then and, and just get into the treatment of it versus spending all this time testing, triaging, figuring out, reading the lab results, all that kind of stuff. It's like X marks the spot. There it is, right? Crashlytics turns out to be a major hit. 13 months after Crashlytics launched, we had about 300 million devices um, on on the platform. Twitter acquires us. And then so Jeff and I uh, become part of Twitter. Um, uh, Jeff becomes head of consumer product at Twitter, so that the main Bluebird app uh, that Elon Musk is uh, at this moment trying to acquire. Um, And then uh, then four years after we joined Twitter – Google looks at the company and they decide they just want to acquire the Crashlytics part. And so they, so they, uh, they acquired the team, they acquired the technology. And so Crashlytics moves over, uh, to Google. Um, and right now it is 99.2 ish percent of all, um, uh, mobile devices. So if you're on iOS, if you're on Android, um, Crashlytics is probably in your phone six to 18 different times. Uh, and we have about 6 billion monthly active devices that are, that use, uh, Crashlytics. Um, so it's credit story. It's still around. Uh, it's still, it's now the default, um, uh, solution, uh, for Google, uh, for Android platforms and the most used on iOS as well. Um, so that's, that was a, that was a grand slam, uh, for us as a team. And we took the exact same team. Uh, to build uh, the current fintech product digits. We're going to get to digits in a minute, but I just need a moment to to absorb <laughs> the number 6 billion monthly active users. Like that is just, whew, like that's, that's, I I don't have words. I mean that, I, I do, I don't have words, but I have a question. Well, actually I have two mm. questions and one of them is about Elon, but we'll get to that in a second. What, you've accomplished so much, man. Like in you're and you're still young. I mean, you've accomplished a lot and you're going after to accomplish even more. And it's a question that I have about Elon. It's a question that I have about Jack. It's a question that I have a lot of, honestly, like half of your old friends at this point, the billionaire ones, not the ones in jail, but <laughs> like you've accomplished so much. I'm sure you could not work another day in your life and, you know, do okay. Why? Why, why do you get out of bed in the morning? Like, what is success for you? What, what drives you forward? I'm so curious. Yeah, that's a good question. I, um, I tried that. I tried the, Hey, let's not do anything anymore. Uh, yeah. gonna go retire. <laughs> I, I definitely tried that. Uh, Jeff and I, we, we both tried that. And, um, it's not, it's not as fun as you think, especially when you're young, all your, all yeah. your peers, they have a schedule, they have a nine to five, they're going to work. They have the, you know, they're, they're living the normal life as exists today in a, you know, yeah. in, in the century. Um, out of, uh, it turns out that like, I really enjoy creating things. It's not about the money. The money's a byproduct. And so it's really about like, Hey, I'm on this, I'm on this planet for like the, the briefest flash of, of, of moment, uh, in time. And so what's the best way to like really enjoy that time and really like live to the fullest. And is it to retire? It's really not. There's, there's really the system isn't really built to have a really fulfilling life around retirement. We're so young. Yeah. And so I, I just enjoy creating, I enjoy putting out stuff. And Jeff and I said, if we're going to come out of retirement and we're going to build something again, we it has to be even bigger impact uh, than anything we've done before. And so we, we sifted through several different categories of different types of concepts and ideas 
and we landed on 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 this company, this this one, because we think it could actually be super transformative uh, to industry. Well, on behalf of fintech, I am very excited to welcome you in. It is very exciting <laughs> to have you, you involved. Um, but and we'll we'll get to digits, like I said, in two minutes. And I'm super excited to see this product, listeners. I actually get a preview. <laughs> There's not going to be a video this time because Wayne's going to show me the product, and I'm going to actually get to experience it. And you're not going to get to see it until it goes live. So <laughs> you have to get on the wait list, children. Um, okay. So final question. I can't like not ask you this, man. You were at. I mean, how long? were you at twitter like four years four, four years, years four years yeah yeah what do you think of all this going on i mean it's, it's not like a groundbreaking question but just like net good net bad like i don't know what, what do you think it means for the world and also if you're like i don't fucking know elon's out of control that's also another fair answer because <laughs> i'm kind of putting you on the spot all i can say is the there's a lot of politics that, that happen at Twitter and you wouldn't think Twitter, that little simple app that you, you, you click in and you just launches the feed. Um, there's thousands of employees that service that can make that happen. And it's, yeah. you wouldn't know it. Right. And the speed of, of, of innovation is glacial. One of the things that Jeff and I uh, were able to push through when we were uh, at, at the helm of, of, of the app you know that you know it used to be um, a star to like the, the favorites uh, for mm -hmm. for Twitter to tweet yeah. to change it into a heart took six months and it was all it was was an image change but the internal discussions to make that change took six months um, and so I totally get why Elon wants to do this. There's a huge opportunity where like Twitter is one of those places where. It's, it's, it's great for user feedback. It's great for real-time conversation. And the paradox is Twitter itself doesn't use that information to innovate by itself. And so Elon's probably seen that like face information is really slow, wants to control it. And also he has a quarter trillion dollars. What else yeah. are you supposed to do with that money unless you make big moves like this, right? Yeah. He's, I, yeah, yeah. The the what you just described in terms of like the not leveraging some of the data that already exists on the app, I find hilarious with how many like polls he's been put, you know, should I, should I send, should I sell stock? Should I buy Twitter? Like whatever, you know what I mean? The man's just functioning his whole life by open poll. He's the closest <laughs> thing that we have to a Dow, I think is just Elon's yeah. life. We all get to vote on it and he, you know, exactly. he'll, he'll do whatever. It's just, it's just all of us living vicariously through his billions. <laughs> the, it's a, it's a, yeah. The, the billionaire, uh, Truman show. <laughs> That is what it is. Hold on. I dropped my headphones. That made me my, <laughs> threw my head back laughing. <laughs> That's actually, it's like Justin.tv. If we like could put Justin Khan and Elon together, the world yeah. would just explode, I think. It's <laughs> hilarious. All right. Let's, I mean, there's a lot more that we could cover here, but let's actually be, you know, a fintech show and start talking about sure. some fintech. Um, so, Let's go ahead. Yeah, pull up the pull up the thing. Let me start seeing what's going on. Sure, here. Um, sure. Okay. But before we get into that, tell me the genesis of the why. I mean, you can go ahead and pull it up for the sake yeah. of you know the the time sure. or whatever. But but yeah. why? Yeah. So genesis of the why. Um, again, Jeff, Jeff and I were thinking like before, if we had to get out of retirement, we had to do something that's super super influential. Um, and so we looked around all the different problems we faced as we were going through each of our careers and has, as uh, our paths merged together. And we looked and we're like, why is it that accounting and business finance and all things related to money at the company, uh, they weren't as accessible, as, as visible, as controllable um, as every other function of the company? There are our, our, our website uh Back then and, and now, we have all these tools to monitor traffic. We have all these different tools to monitor demographics, uh, the sessions, all this user stuff. And technology and software is serving up this value to us very easily right there. You see it, right? Um, and then in finance, just my own finance for the company, super hard. There's no real-time anything. There's no mm -hmm. Everything is manually done. 
And that seems uh, completely backwards to me. Um, and so we were thinking, why is that? Why is that? And it turns out it's because innovation from Silicon Valley, innovation uh, in a lot of places, haven't really focused in this section in the sector. And so we're like, oh, that's really interesting. Maybe this could be an opportunity for us then, because we'd love to make the unsexy sexy. I mean, we're talking about crashlytics, right? And like, what's more unsexy than crash reports? These are these really hard to read machine code type of reports that no one in their right mind wants to read. And we made it super sexy. We made it like people really want to do it. Can we do that with financial reporting, for instance, mm -hmm. right? And so like financial reporting as a business owner, I don't know what's going on there. And so, so what is the root of that? And so we found out that like, okay, the real cause of this is there is no understanding when at a company, when, a, when an employee swipes the, the business card, uh, what that means to your marketing budget in real time or what that means to your, your, uh, your runway or if marketing spends more or a customer didn't pay in time, what that means uh, to the, the company in real time. And that's because everything is done after the fact. Okay, yeah. I'm going to collect all my information in the month and I'm going to go and do that. So we created what we called the living model. And so that living model uh, changes uh, depending on the information that it gets uh, uh, in real time. So it's like a digital version of your physical business. Um, and so it'll change and match to the shape of your business in real time. What that means uh, uh, to us internally, one, that is really hard technology to build. That's insanely hard. It's never been done before. It is insanely hard. And that's why accounting still exists because it's like 1600s where you're doing your doctor and your bloodletting uh, because you think that's that's what you have to do. And then, and then, and then now we have the x-ray MRI machine to actually see the internals, right? And so, yeah. so we're like, what can you do with that? It ushers in brand new science. And so with the living model, we're building uh, next generation tools for accountants. Uh, and uh, and that's, that's the whole preamble of the why behind it. And what, what I'm about to show you should feel next generation. Drum roll, please. <laughs> okay so so our systems are are uh pretty secure so we're really secure so i have to create um, a permit in order to doppelgang into them which i just did and uh, i'm gonna log in so we're about to show you the real business um are you sharing yet Nope, not yet. I will. Okay, in a cool. second. just making sure that it's still <laughs> after yep. our, after our, the fun we had earlier. I just want to make sure. Yep, yep. And so I'm about to share, and you're going to think of this. You're probably expecting like a chart at the top, um, yeah. and then maybe some like tables and some like pie charts, like a like a, you know like a normal um, yeah. fintech product. That yeah. is not. I'm what we expecting. Built. I'm expecting the exact CMS that I see everybody build. That is based off of that one CMS. That's like just semi, like kind of unique because they change the color. Like that's what I'm expecting. Got so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so this, do you see this? Uh oh, of course I don't. No, the screen's not up yet. Okay. Okay. One second. Let me try something else. And no pressure on this piece. I can cut this, this piece I can cut out. It's not really. Okay. Not a big one second. Let's see if I can do this in right here. Okay. Tell me if you see that. Boom, baby. I'm with you. Okay. So this is digits. It is not what you expected and everything here. So I'm logged in as the customer digital press. I'm drew. And this is something we launched last year called Digit Search. Okay. This is something that we launched last uh, two weeks ago called Digit Reports. And so I'm going to show you uh, both of these really quickly. So really quickly, Digit Search. Can I ask my Can I ask my first dumb question? Is this sure? A, sure. This is a This is a web app, right? This is you're like yes. inside of Chrome or something. Okay. okay. Yep. Yep. So I'm in, I'm inside Chrome, so you can you can you can access this anywhere. Um, so I'm in Digit Search. 
And it looks so through. unique. I mean, for listeners listening, <laughs> and again, this is like, it, it doesn't look anything like a Chrome browser. That's part of why I asked that question. <laughs> and, um, and so in here, let's say you're, you're searching, you're like, I want to know if uh, my ride sharing spend at this company uh, went up or down during the pandemic. So maybe I'll type in Uber and you'll see it's instant. And so it even splits out between Uber and Uber Eats and you can see nice little, little graphs here. But let's say that I want to go deeper. I just want to look at the Uber spin itself. I click on that and I see the information here. And let's say I want to do last 10 years and I can see, oh, look, in 2020, in 2020, it went, uh, it went down. Not great for Uber, but you can see this, uh, the, the situation there. And let's mm-hmm. say I want to go and I want to go deeper. And I'm like, you know what? I won't get this transaction specifically. It sees that it's from Chase. It sees it's from QuickBooks. It knows that it auto-detected it's a vendor. It knows um, the expenses and what's going on and then like who owns it, right? So it does all this, again, all automatically. And I want to show you this other thing here, which is even on the search itself, you could do things like fee. You can see all your different fees that you paid. And we can even do things like suggested. So um, every every morning and every few hours is recalculated. So it's like, hey, you know, my the payroll here has decreased, uh, the expenses here has increased. So all of this is for the very first time you get to search your financials of your business across all these different data sources, merge and reconcile together uh, instantaneously. Um, so it's like Google for your business finances. So that and is good search like hypothetically you've got like you know you're you're functioning on quickbooks you've got like four different accounts going in all these different directions and this it can see across all the accounts it can it can view all yeah. of that and it brings it together in an aggregated fashion okay yeah i mean i, I mean I'll, I'll skip ahead real quick before i show you digits reports and i'll show you integrations so this is how you set up uh this is how you set up um digits you link your quickbooks you link your chase account and that's it. There's no other setup needed. We do everything else. So you can even you can even see in, inside. You can see like we know the different bank accounts. We know the different credit card accounts. But uh, all they did was they linked uh, QuickBooks. They linked their their Chase account, and that is it. We we assembled everything else. Wow. No zero config. And do um, they have to? Do they have to integrate with? So after, let's say like I'm set up, so I'll use myself as an example, right? For FinTech sake, we have sponsors. So I have QuickBooks and I use um, MBKC, a local community bank that I used to work at as a bank. So I've got all that set up. Obviously I do everything that I can every single day, not to log into QuickBooks. Going forward, if if I were to start using digits, would I ever have to log into QuickBooks again? Would there ever be a reason for me to do that? If you're the business owner, uh, you won't have to log into QuickBooks. You'll see, you'll, you, you would probably much, much prefer digits as the interface to all your financial data. Um, well, I already and know that's you're... true. Just, just looking at this, <laughs> that's true. My, but the question is like, you know, it, do, are there things that I have to go do there that I can't do here? Or like set up pieces that I have to like set infrastructure on QuickBooks before I kind of get into the actual no, enjoyable, not at all. delightful. Fuck yes. That's nope. awesome. Okay, cool. Yep. Just log in, just log in, just have your QuickBooks login and password. That's it. Uh, yeah. And then you'll be able to get in. Um, and then the digits reports part, you've seen the PL before uh, many times, probably. And so I try not to, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, you don't know um, uh, what's good or what's bad inside a PL report usually. And so, what we've done here is we've, this is digits reports. And Holy it's generous. This auto generous. Jesus. This is auto-generated at this part. And over here, it's more like, hey, sales. Is this good? Is this bad? Or operating expenses? Is this good or is this bad? And so we can figure out by just hovering over it. So you just hover over it, and then you can see, okay, top vendors. Again, no work needed for them. And if you're the accountant, you you can use this right here, edit, and then you can say... um, Hey, uh, let's say, let's say this one meals. 
okay, well, this looks pretty cool. Do I want to add it to the executive summary? I just click add and suddenly it's up here. And I can just edit it if I want to, that kind of stuff. So this Holy is like shit. AI, ML um, generated, and, and we generate plain English. So that way you can save time on, on sending these type of, and preparing these reports. So this is Digits Reports. Very, very simple. One-click generation. We've seen a whole lot of accountants and, and bookkeepers at the end of the month, because we launched right before um, uh, the end of uh, March. They're like, oh, my God, I can't. Uh, I, I have so many clients. I got to get these reports out. Uh, so instead of doing each report three to five hours, they go on Digits Reports. They click generate, 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 and they send it out to their clients. Uh, and it, it literally that's it. One click generate and you send it to clients and the clients are like, this is amazing. I want more of this. Wow. So because they have like clients want, you know, th this piece of data, that piece of data, this piece of data, that piece of data. And it's pretty consistent yep. for the accountant on a general, like, so it's simultaneous. It's really, it's really interesting because there's so much there. You're standardizing the unstandard in an incredibly standard world. It's very meta. But it's it very makes a lot of, it's very interesting. Ooh, burn control. Okay, I'm, I wish everybody could see this. Y'all really <laughs> need to get on this wait list because <laughs> this feels this feels a lot more like logging into like uh, I don't know. I was gonna say like League of Legends or something, but that's not even yeah. Like it feels, but it feels more like a game and its vibe and it like I don't I want to play with it. It's anyway. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so so these two um, uh, these are part of our labs so you can see the bottom it says labs so these are unannounced and they're um uh not published yet but i'll give you a quick sneak peek behind here okay so again there's no there's no there's no marketing no messaging anywhere on the on the web about this so this is still in labs but burn control gives you it for for the for the advisory services this gives you the ability to see um information about the spend of this business down to, for instance, like, you know, it gives you this this breakdown, what's going on here. It gives you even a live category view, a live vendor view. Let's say you want to see whether your contractor spend has gone up or down. You can see that through there. You can go through vendors and see it all. Like, it's like a vendor directory right there. Again, you don't have to do any of it. You didn't write this vendor. Uh, you didn't write Cora. We did that right. for you. And, and, and so we have our own proprietary uh, vendor database that's constantly updated. Um, and you get just full on analysis of all your spend across the entire company. This is 35 months of, uh, of repeated uh, seamless mm -hmm. AI. This is 57 months. So it's just the ability to really understand your, your, your burn uh, for, the, for the ones that really care about it. Is there, so I guess a couple different questions there. One piece is, is there a future where you also play in the spend management world? I mean, it seems, it seems like the, this is a very interesting, you, this is a wedge into basically everything. So I'm, I'm just going with spend management instead of the 35 other things that it could be a wedge into. But like, as I was looking at burn control, I mean, is it also a spot where you jump in and you cancel that thing or you can actually take that kind of a step? That's a, that's a really interesting um, uh, question. We care deeply about our community and, and, and the hundreds of firms that we're working with right now. And so we're listening to them and we're listening to what they want. And so they're guiding us towards like the biggest pain points that, that they yeah. care about. Spend management is one of them, uh, being able to cancel subscriptions and things like that. So our software living model actually auto-detects subscriptions. So it's very, it's, it's just one more step if we decide, yeah. Hey, we want to enable the canceling of that. Um, but you're exactly right. The, the, there's so many things that this applies to. And that's why we're so excited because the, the living model gives us that, uh, that ability to, um, to solve these pain points that's never been solved in this way before. Here we go from like a manual calculation world to like a living model, uh, world. Yeah. The other question I had about the burn thing, the, the term burn is such a start, you know, it's such like a Silicon Valley start. Like we all watched fast burn 10 million a month for however long, right? Like that was yeah. the word burn is coming up a lot recently. Um, but it is not something my mom owns a, she owns her own yoga studio, small business. Um, 
it's not a term that she would understand. So I'm curious, just like the, t the terminology there, should I, should I be guessing that you're kind of going after a more tech forward kind of business going after <laughs> folks that are, that even know what seamless AI is, or, I mean, is the, is the longer term vision that my mom will interact with this kind of a thing? Yeah, great, great question. Um, the longer term vision is to have uh, your mom be able to interact with this kind of thing. We're pairing with, up with a lot of different uh, accounting firms and financial firms to uh, utilize digits and they're deploying it to their customers. So we have seen a lot of people, uh, small business uh, use uh, digits itself as well. Um, we like burn. I, I love doing things that are a little bit off the beaten path. It could have just been expenses or expense management. It could have been expense management, but burn is just so much more fun. No, it's, it's so way cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't asking the question. I mean, it's a way doper name. And I mean, if if you're like building something that layers on top of something like a QuickBooks, like yeah, you have some fun with it. You know, I mean, the beauty. Yeah. This the, what's so fascinating to me about this is like what fintech has been up until maybe the past few years has been lipstick on a pig right it's been like this really ugly or the the foundation and the rails and everything else has been this like bleh, just disgusting mess of i mean grossness with ach taking eight days and you know i'm just being dramatic now but you know it's not not good infrastructure but we can put a you know chime can put a pretty face on it and give you a paycheck two days early and now we have innovation what i think is <laughs> interesting about this is like it is beautiful you know and for folks that don't get to see what i'm looking at get online take a look at the website and sign up for the wait list and you know send wayne a note or something maybe he'll let you in early uh but it's it's beautiful it's engaging it, it makes me feel better about the work I, I can imagine it would make me feel better about the work that i'm doing but it's actual innovation it's not just like a prettier face on top of quickbooks like it's actually giving you more information and mm, Li living i mean fuck now i know why you called it that after having seen it it really is a living model i'm curious how 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 easily can something like this get screwed up with bad data and how important is the i guess if it's as simple as a connection to the bank account through plat or whatever and a connection to quickbooks that's kind of what it comes down to. And that is what it is. And the data comes in in a standardized fashion. So it's just a matter of like, if it breaks, then you're fucked, but then you just reconnect it. But is there like a good data, bad data problem there? I'm not good at asking this question, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, Zach, I actually really love to ask this question. Um, there's this misconception here for, with accountants where it's like, oh, there's only so much data that's in, in QuickBooks. Oh, there's only so much data that you can get. Um, that's not true. So every time that, uh, that a company or accountant uh, hooks up a QuickBooks uh, two digits and uh, you know, they hook up maybe like their corporate accounts and like that, we generate millions of data points for that business. They effectively get their own machine learning model. So like if you really want space age technology, hook up your, your QuickBooks two digits, we create that living model for you. And so what does that do? Uh, it cleans the data from QuickBooks, even if it's dirty data, we would know that because we've spent years clean, cleansing that, cleaning that data. FinTech in this, in this fashion is really, really, really dirty data. And so we had to figure out how to do that. So we learned from your previous, um, your book's previous uh, work. So all your other times your accountant fixed it or whatever, it learns from it. And then not only that, it learns the next time your accountant comes in. And then if it's in it, so if it predicts something and it's incorrect, something like that, um, your accountant would be like, actually, no, it should be this. And then just show it to the client. It learns from that. And then so on top of that, if it's something that it doesn't know, because it's part of digits, it learns from all the other um, uh, uh, businesses and accountants on digits platform. So you benefit individually from the collective work of everyone else. And it's all done in a privacy secure way. It's just talking about like the matching of vendors and classification, things like that. Nothing like uh, nothing that's like privacy busting or security busting. Um, but the learning aspect of it is massive. Now you're not just you, John or Jane or Joe um, in your in your uh, office or somewhere looking at like, what is this? 
you now get the power of the network of all digits and all digits accountants and all digits business behind you. The the savings on time and the and the efficiency side of it is is quite massive. Um, Chief Banking Officer First Republic said, "Digits is uh, 1.8 million times faster than normal." <laughs> fuck did he come up with 1.8 i mean i don't i don't dis i don't not believe him but how did he come up with that number we we helped him it is we helped him calculate it based on um how long it takes to normally close and so it's about 21 day close on average i think on a very aggressive way maybe seven to ten days very very late uh, very very like uh, so middle line is 21 days and we can do it about two seconds and so when you divide (laughs) the number of seconds with the two seconds, it, it comes up to one point eight million times faster. That's ridiculous, man. That's so cool. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's a really fun stat too. So, I'm a one of I think I think one of the reasons that some listeners appreciate uh, for fintech sake is because I'm an idiot and um, I try to take very complex things and dumb them down to things that I actually understand. So let me like make an attempt to repeat back to you what you just said to me using a slightly different analogy. So as you were talking about like each business getting their own model, is that kind of similar to like me or an individual having an Instagram account or a Facebook account, right? And like what the algorithm is training, it's training on what I care about, but it's also training at a higher level with that model of models across like all of Facebook and across all of Instagram. And it's saying like, and that hence virality, right? Like it's people care a lot about this. We think you're part of that, yada, yada, serve this up to you. So there's just levels of machine learning basically happening on like the mass and then also happening on the individual. Is that a good analogy? It it is, it is. It's, It's like, instead of starting from like a blank, blank piece of paper, Imagine that you started uh, writing in, 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 in on, on the internet on like Medium or something like that, and you can actually you know hyperlink things to other other sources rather than just a plain piece of paper, right? And so that's what Digit enables is uh, you learn uh, you, your your paper, your ledger is enriched by the rest of Digit's network, uh, because all the other companies in totality has probably seen every mutation of transaction, every type of business, every even, even the icons, even uh, the sectors. And so when you come into a brand new business, we will um, give you the exact vendor that it is, the exact category that, that it should be. You don't have to do a thing. It just, it, it, you, you, it's, we, we try to take as much work out of it while giving you as much control. It's so damn cool. I'm barely smart enough to understand it, but I think I got my head wrapped <laughs> around it for the most part. Um, now that I've seen it, now that I'm kind of getting, you know, a little bit more familiar, understanding it, one, I'm understanding a bit more about the money you've raised. Two, I'm curious, what is the team like? And, uh, you know, obviously two co-founders, but this is sizable uh, and seems like you probably have some serious AI and ML experts on on the inside there. So how big is the team? I imagine it's not a whole bunch of sales and marketing people at this point, just like deep engineers. Does It probably doesn't smell great, but it, you're producing <laughs> wonderful things. So. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we have we have about 30, 35 people. Um, we have a, a machine learning team. They actually wrote, I think, two or three O'Reilly books on machine learning itself. So they are de facto machine learning experts. Um, our product design team is phenomenal. Um, the designer that one of our head of product design, the uh, Bezos's rocket. Um, Sure, capsule. that's what I figured you were going to say next. Yeah, let's go to Bezos' <laughs> yeah. rocket capsule. Thing. Sure. Yeah, he, did he design that? He designed that. Um, sure. He was part of the team that designed that. Um, sure. And then the and then the um, the pill pack, uh, the the little thing that Amazon bought for about a billion. And, and yeah, uh, yeah, that little thing. So he he helped design that one as well. He was on the the team that designed that one. He likes um, taking Jeff Bezos' money. I like this guy. Yeah, right, right. And then he, <laughs> uh, La Ferrari. Um, so he did the the three or four million dollar uh, car design what? part of that. 
for that. So we have a we have whoa, a really whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on, hold on, hold on. He he designed La Ferrari, like the most recent. He designed the, La Ferrari, like the like the yeah, he, the body of La. Fer- he designed that. He he was on the yeah he helped he was on the team to design that yeah he he was telling me how he met the CEO there he almost got fired uh, because the CEO wanted to do uh, very cool tech stuff and he did the user research on it and it turns out they didn't want that they wanted something else and then so yeah, he designed that yeah. yeah and 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 the CEO was like no you're fired uh, and then uh, half an hour later they called him back like actually no let's let's keep going forward so we have a really cool team wow. here. Um, wild team, and then the engineering team is all from Crashlytics, um, so we know stuff at scale. Um, we're just really, really excited to keep keep building tools for, for this industry. Yeah. So like, now that we've talked for fifty three minutes, let's catch us up to like truly where we are today. So you guys have raised, I guess, almost a hundred million dollars. Uh, the wait list is gigantic, and you're kind of kind of slowly letting people onto the platform. Is that kind of where things are at? Yep. 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 So we, um, this is really cutting edge technology on the surface. It doesn't look like it because we've put uh, a really awesome consumer-esque veneer around it to make it really super uh, simple and super easy. Uh, but compared to other solutions that are previous gen, uh, it's super complicated looking the previous gen and it's, you know, lots of setup. Some setup is even four to six weeks, um, all the way up to 18 months. And, for us, oh we really God. cared about the onboarding. Yeah, it's nuts. It, I mean, financial technology in a business space, you it's you have to do like, who's in control of this? Who's in control of that? What are the processes to for uh, for you know checks and balances? And we got rid of all of that, and we made it so that uh, you just link your QuickBooks and you link your corporate account, and we do all the work for you. That for me to say that took months of work for me to be able to say all you have to do is link up QuickBooks. All you have to do is think up your corporate account, and that's it. That yeah. that's that's a customer first perspective because I want to be able to say that to customers. But to make that true, our team had to you know do gargantuan amounts of effort to get there. Yeah, I mean, any time in technology that someone says all you have, like yesterday, I was at a credit union here in Kansas City helping them think about some some future stuff that they're doing. And I was literally sitting there like explaining the Apple card. And like, it's, yeah. it's so funny how there's like, you know, spectrums on, in the world of financial and financial technology knowledge. Um, and I was ex- actually explaining this to somebody that pretty much know, knows a lot of what they're talking about, especially in the credit union world. And I said, all you have to do is open the Apple wallet and click this button and click this button and you're there. And just knowing what goes into anything that results in the sentence all you have to do is like it's the fucking years months you know just unbelievable amounts of gray hair like anything in technology that's simple is so 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 hard i mean i think it was a couple days ago i had to generate an invoice inside of quickbooks and it's like every time it's like learning how to walk again or something you know i just forget every time how to do it it takes me so long and then i usually screw it up and have to send it again to a different person so i'm gonna be hopping on this waiting list soon (laughs) (laughs) good 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 good. Uh, for sure for sure one one curiosity i mean it seems like this could i i already see how this could work for uh, an army of one right which i am uh it seems very clear how this could help me how big of an army could this help like is there a size of company that is so big yeah. where you know they're using erp systems that you know make you want to jump off a building that you guys don't want to play with or something yeah great great question so right now we support quickbooks um and that actually surprisingly serves uh, a pretty big uh part of the market um, we have we have the one person surgeon in San Diego, for instance, all the way up to a company with twenty billion dollars of transactions, right? And so oh. our system actually works better um, if you're bigger, because that means we have more data uh, to crunch through. We have more things to be able to um, give you insights on. We have more areas in which we can save you time. Uh, and so we, you're you're able to pull out these little juicy things. There's a feature that's coming out uh, that's actually out now. We haven't uh, made a lot of noise about it yet, but it's never been done before in this way. And so what is that feature? Well, in QuickBooks and in a lot of different ledgers, you have two modes. 
it's really one mode, but you have, you have quote unquote two modes. You have a God view, which you can do everything you can see your entire, all your information and edit it. And then you have no view because you're not God. And so you can't, so, <laughs> so that's it, right? Those are two modes. And so in yeah. QuickBooks, you have, you have like an accountant who doesn't really want anyone else to touch it because if they touch it, they don't know where they, where the other person has been, has touched it. And it turns out that, that business owners, they want to be able to be like, I want marketing to just see marketing section of the books. And then I want my IT to just see the IT section of the books. You can't do that. That's not something that's doable today. Digits, we just pushed something out yesterday, uh, which allows you to share uh, just the marketing uh, category with someone and it updates in real time. So as someone in their department swipes a card and it's in marketing, their thing lights up, uh, they get notifications, IT gets the same, you know, all different types of departments. You can now shard pieces of the actual financials to the people in charge of them versus batch collection. One person somewhere has to answer all these questions for all these different things they have no context about. Tons of emails go out with all these Excel workbooks that no one cares about. And then everyone's like, oh my God, I'm getting another Excel workbook to answer back to this batch processing person. All that goes away. You now get a beautiful dashboard. You're the head of marketing. You see what's going on. Tighter controls, faster feedback loop. And for the first time, you, you as a team member, you have something, a real app or a real uh, web app uh, to have influence over the actual financials of the company. That has never existed before. You know, I really didn't think that the conversation about the piece of software that sits on top of QuickBooks was going to give me goosebumps. But like multiple times during this conversation, I've been like, fuck, this is exciting. <laughs> like this is actually like this is going to dramatically change. I mean, just the efficiency calculate. I mean, the 1.8 million number is bonkers. But then if you think about that, like extrapolated across the world, like the ripple effect that it has for it's not even like growing the GDP. It's like decreasing the waste GDP or something. I don't know. I just made all of that shit up, but it's very exciting that you can actually save people time and give them back a, it, a life. It, to it's, live. I mean, this, yeah, go ahead, sorry. It, it's, it's, it, it's massive. It's it, in the accounting world. There's not enough accountants. The demand keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Complexities in, 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 in the business gets bigger. And so people are using digits so that way they can have, they can actually increase their profit base because they spend less time doing the work. They just send it, they just click, send it out and they can get more clients and give them even higher quality work. And so it's a win, win, win all around. And so that's why we're, we're super excited to build, build these type of tools. I love it, man. And they can do, what's it called? Um, go outside, you know, they can like, yeah. uh, you know, go experience that fresh air stuff and, uh, you know, look around the, the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that craziness that's outside of this light box that we're talking to each other on. Um, exactly. which speaking of, so I, uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about with you and I saved it to the last because of actually our first conversation where you said you dropped the most meaningful quote for the record, our, our intro call was like my favorite, one of my top three favorite calls of like this year. Oh. Um, it was an absolute blast. And you said a quote that like, I, I it was a Disney quote, but it took me a moment to let it like sink into myself. And I actually like screenshotted it. And now it's, I printed it out and it's maybe on my wall. Um, but the, the actual quote is, we don't make money or sorry, but I already fucked it up. We don't make movies to make money. We make money to make more movies. And I just like, uh, it almost made me want to cry when you told me that the first time, because I don't know if a lot of listeners might not know this, but when I, when I grow up, when I want to be as a documentary filmmaker, actually, it's part of why I do the podcast and whatnot, but it's just, I love that quote so much. And I would just love you to tell the story of uh, chasing coral and of just kind of your experience getting into the world of Hollywood. And uh, I believe you're also my first guest that has an Emmy. So if we could have that conversation as well, <laughs> it is, it is wild. I, uh, I, I grew I grew up um, loving storytelling and, and storytelling is something that is so ingrained in everything that, that, uh, that we do here at, at digits and all previous companies. 
the best form of it is when you're forced to watch a linear format and that just that's a documentary that's a movie that's a tv show that kind of thing and i was so fascinated by the world of hollywood you're you're you're, you're creating this make-believe to tell these stories that when people if it's really good it becomes it becomes so influential that they they, they recall that they, they flash back on that and so I, I was fortunate to be part of a documentary called chasing coral it's about climate change um my co-founder jeff his uh roommate in stanford is jeff orlowski who's who was the um, producer of this and netflix bought it um the same week we announced that at sundance uh, the same week that we announced Google's acquisition of Crashlytics. And so that week we had a double acquisition week. And so we had one by Google and then we had one by Netflix. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. And then uh, later that year, I think it was later that year, um, it was announced that uh, it got, it got a, a, an Emmy. And so I just... I just love being part of it. It was fun being at Sundance on, on the on the red carpet and getting those things, just being part of that whole movement. Um, I was also fortunate to be part of a, another another film as well, and that had all my favorite people: Samuel L. Jackson, Christopher Plummer, and all these other people that were, that were part of my childhood growing up. Uh, I just love telling really immersive stories and really immersive experiences for people. Uh, startups is the way to do it through products. Film is a way to do it through just on screen in that in that uh, format, and so um, I hope to discover new ways to tell more stories. I love it, man. Well, I, I dream of a day when we can co-produce something together. Give me a little bit, let me make some money, and then we'll uh, we'll do this thing together at some point. Um, Let's do for it. For folks that are curious about the curious about the well, everything that we just talked about, Chang.com is a good spot to just like learn about Wayne's life. As I said, the man has a Wikipedia, has a everything. It's, it's fascinating to just go down the Wayne rabbit hole. But Wayne, the last question that I always ask on the podcast is what can the listenership do to help you? If you're hiring or, you know, wanting folks to jump on that wait list or wanting, I'm guessing the wait list is probably, probably already pretty long, but what can folks do? To help? Yeah. Great, great question. We have actually a major, major launch coming up uh, in June. Um, and so we're letting in uh, the people, just like today when I showed it to you, people who uh, are accepted into digits before then, uh, we're going to give them an early preview before everyone else comes in. We think the, the upcoming launch is going to be our biggest launch uh, ever. Uh, and so uh, we're really, really excited for that one. So if you want to get a preview on it, just uh, hook up your QuickBooks to digits uh, at digits.com. I love it. Awesome. I'll link to all that in the show notes. Wayne, thank you, my friend. This has been a blast. Best way to spend a Friday afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining the conversation, everybody. Hope you enjoyed our time with Wayne Chang. Go to digits.com to learn more about digits and go check out chang.com to learn more about the fascinating human that is Wayne. Since releasing this episode, they've had some fundraising news. So go take a look. NeuroID.com. Remember, we talked about them at the beginning of the episode. Sign up for a demo if you're curious. It's a fascinating platform doing some really interesting things for the world of fintech. And it's an easy conversation. Give them a shout. Sign up for a demo. It's not something you're going to regret. Worst case scenario, you'll learn something. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and all the other things I'm supposed to remind you to do in your favorite podcast app. And if you want our weekly emails, go to forfintechsake.com and subscribe there. Until next time, folks, stay healthy, keep your head high. And, you know, I'm going to try and keep doing this as much as I can between now and my 2020. I love you all. I love you all.